0: Today on the St. Philip Institute podcast, Bishop Strickland and I sit down with Cy Kellett to talk about his new book, A Teacher of Strange Things. Who Jesus was, what he taught, and why people still follow him.
1: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Eternal Father, you called St. Philip the Evangelist to open his mouth and beginning with scripture, Tell the good news of Jesus Christ. By virtue of our baptism, we too are called to work for the salvation of souls. Instill in our hearts the zeal of St. Philip, that we may convert hearts and minds to your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen.
0: Welcome to the St. Philip Institute podcast. We are here today, Bishop Strickland, our founder, is here with me, Stacey Tresankos, and we're here with Cy Kellett about his new book, A Teacher of Strange Things. Thank you, Cy, for joining us today.
2: Stacey and Bishop, thank you so much for having me.
1: Thanks for joining us. It's, uh, it's great to visit with you again. I have to confess, I haven't read your book, but it, it definitely is on my reading list. The the portions that I have read, um, I think you're you're spot on. I like the sort of edginess, even the title, "A Teacher of Strange Things." That uh, yes, yes. But I think we need to we need to wake up the church and our culture to who Jesus Christ really is. So as I told Dr. Stacy, as we were preparing for this this morning, um, we're on the same wavelength. Um, I, I like to think that I'm at least moving into some of the things that you talk about of just like we were saying, do we believe this or not? Frankly, I believe it to the tips of my toes. And we need to live that way. We need to you know, radically allow Jesus Christ in the 21st century to have the impact on our lives and on our world that he had in the first century. It's the same Jesus, the same Holy Spirit. I tell the kids that at my confirmation masses pretty much daily these days. Uh, It's the same Holy Spirit that the apostles were confirmed in. That's who's confirming their life in the love of God. So Sorry, I get carried away, but uh, <laughs> definitely. Oh, you get decided. carried away
2: with Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> that's all right with me.
1: <laughs> this book, really, I think is, and I like the kind of edginess of it. Uh-huh. A disappointing Messiah. How many times have you seen that in print? But we need to to get past the sort of accepted understanding and just know this is real. This is something we need to in the 21st century really. Latch on to and say this changes my life, and how do I need to live differently?
2: Amen, amen. And and that's the thing, you know, that the the, the, the uh, bishop when you encounter the real Jesus, uh, I think even in a, in a way we could even say almost especially for a modern person, he's very strange, mysterious, powerful figure, and you you just. I think sometimes our strategy is to sell uh, the tame version and see if that'll get somebody interested, but it, that's really not Jesus. And the real Jesus, man, he right between the eyes. He he knocks you.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And if I think to read Scripture with that mindset, it, I know for myself, it, the the Acts of the Apostles just comes alive mm-hmm. when you as you're reading each verse in each chapter saying, this really happened. These people experienced yeah. this. Suddenly, the 3,000 people wanting to be baptized. Imagine in one of our churches. I, I mean, that would overwhelm our infrastructure to be able to even handle that. But I think that's what we need to, to tap into. As, as I read just excerpts from your book, Jesus explodes the categories in his time as he walked yeah. the earth and spoke and cured and transformed people's lives the same jesus explodes our categories our comfortable structured approach to everything to faith and to living daily life jesus mm-hmm. brought that kind of challenge to people and that's what we've got to to really revamp and and refocus on for believers and non-believers today most of the world when well the world when jesus came were unbelievers i mean they had the jews but they didn't believe in him we're sort of in the same boat (laughs) the vast majority of the world even people who claim religion like you said they they are they want sort of a softened easy you know sort of sofa couch sofa in the living room approach where Jesus says, No, you got to get out there and get dirty and get bruised and beat up, but be transformed.
2: Amen. It, it is all true. And uh, I'm glad you like the title because a lot of people have, have mixed reactions to it. But the idea, Bishop, is exactly what you said that we, if we present Jesus in this comfortable um, and nobody has to get on the couch, off the couch to encounter him, way, then we're, we're inviting people to ignore him in a way. And mm-hmm. so we, even with the title, we wanted to appeal to the person who maybe isn't a believer at all, but would be willing to encounter uh, something that's, that, you, you know, there's everyone's after experience now. We have almost the cult of experience. Well, try Jesus, because uh, that's an, uh, the experience of meeting Jesus is something that actually can do what all these other experiences
1: promise. Yep. Yeah, and I, I I really love that because love your enemies—that's about yeah. as strange as it gets—and we ignore <laughs> it just as much as the people wanted to when Jesus first said it. Like, oh, love your enemies? Are you crazy? Yeah. And we don't even love our fellow
0: Catholics <laughs> most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, but. Uh, <laughs> but No, seriously, Cy. Like, I I, I have been uh, reading your book at at the end of the day when I'm in bed um, getting ready to finish my thoughts and try to get a good night's sleep. And I I just, I really love, like, I knew it was going to be this way because I know you already. I've heard you speak. Um, I've heard you be a radio host for years. But I I heard you speak in Australia when we were there. And I remember, um, you know, I get emotional sometimes about that. I got pretty emotional hearing you speak about Christ and what should be the center of our cultures because it was very compelling, and I'm so thrilled that you wrote this book. Um, And, you know, just I I was looking at your story a little bit, and I want to share with our audience where you come from here. Uh, We know you as the host of Catholic Answers Live. That, that's how most people, I think, that you hear Cy yes. it, you think of Catholic Answers Live. But you were, you were a radio host before at Immaculate Heart Radio Network, the bright side with Cy <laughs> and <laughs> And you were an editor of a diocesan magazine, or a diocesan newspaper, rather, which uh, I'm going to have to talk to you about that at some point. Um, That you've taught high school and you worked, and I remember you telling me about this, you worked with the mentally ill in Massachusetts at a Catholic worker house. So you have this vast experience of the raw, real life, you know, you've been in radio, you've been in media, you've, you've been working with people. Um, and not only that, of course, you're married to your beautiful wife, Missy, and you all have three children. Um, but I'm, I am very glad that you wrote this book. I love the title. I love the way you write. So I, I'm telling this to people who are considering getting the book and reading it. You do write kind of like when you're on Catholic Answers Live. I mean, it is like a conversation with you, but it's the conversation Aww. we never get to have with you when you're hosting a radio show. Um, you have some brilliant approaches to understanding Jesus. So thank you for doing that.
2: Well, I'm, I thank you for telling my life story as the person who can't hold down a job, who keeps moving from one thing to another.
0: That's, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, that's m- most truth. people about our age have had seven different jobs. So yeah, you haven't well, even, you're not even right. up to, up to the average yet.
2: <laughs> well, you know, I, I it's it's funny cuz my role at Catholic Answers is to is to host and the host is, you know, it's like hosting at home. You're supposed to make people feel welcome and let them have a good time and let them shine and that kind of thing. But and, and, and I I feel very privileged to get to do that, but I don't actually, you know, if I could spend every day talking about Jesus for 2 hours on the air, I I actually would because it's an there first of all it would never get boring well i mean it might if i you know be i was having a bad day but people think you'd wear that topic out you wouldn't Mm -mm. and and i i don't know i i when you have lived it as both of you have you just want to talk about it you want to share what jesus means in real life in real terms it's not just like Ah, this another you know. This is your religion, and then you have your religion, and you have your no religion. No, this is something that will really transform everything for you.
0: And I'm going to disagree just a little bit with you there, Sy, because I the the reason the things you say are so meaningful is that you kind of made me open a door that I don't sometimes admit in my interior life, and I think a lot of people have this experience. I'm afraid sometimes to talk about Jesus. You know, I, do, I would like oh. to think I could talk about him for two hours a day, but you start the book out saying, modern life includes this strange reality. In the midst of it are millions of people who claim they have a personal relationship with a man who died 2,000 years ago. And I honestly, yeah. sometimes I think I'm going to sit down and talk with my kids or I'm going to talk with my friends, and I realize that's the door I'm afraid to go through in my interior life. I realize what I'm saying is just so strange it is like i i do believe that like i'm used to believing that now yeah it's kind of like evolution i got used to thinking about evolution it wasn't so strange to me anymore but this this idea of being a christian and what we profess it is scary to me sometimes to talk about it so i'm glad that you just did it and and well thank you it it, it says okay Uh, go through that door and just talk it is strange just say it's strange and and get on with things
2: Yes, and I think that also that it's a kind of relief in a certain way to admit it because we there is this idea that somehow oh re, you know religion is so comforting to you and it is I mean, Jesus comforts me all the time <laughs> but there's a certain courage in having to go okay he died two thousand years ago and he's here with me today <laughs> and and I encounter him in the mass like you have to like it does take a. Virtue, actually. And he gives you the virtue. He doesn't withhold it from you. But it is it does actually take the virtues of like strength and courage and fortitude to not let go of that. Because you're, you're I mean, you're going to feel weird sometimes, especially in the modern world that denies it all.
1: Yeah. And it really Sai, I think your book. From what I've read of it so far. To me, it really gets to the question of why you mentioned the Mass, why so few, few people really enter into the Mass. I mean, we talk about taking, it's very common here, is Jesus Christ your personal Lord and Savior? That's what you're talking about, making him a relationship with him, personal, so that it's part of who you are. And you're not just sort of learning about this figure from two thousand years ago, but he he becomes woven into your life. And I think I can speak for myself. I'm in a priest thirty six years, and the more that relationship with Jesus Christ develops in my life, and it's like you said, it's it's infinite. You're you're encountering the infinite, so you're never going to say okay done with Jesus. I got it figured out. I know all about Jesus. Really the same is true about your wife or, or any spouse or any other person, if we really understand that, but especially with Jesus Christ. And I think that your book, you know, you may not have thought of it in these terms, and I'm just thinking out loud now, but I think your book would be a great help for people who say, the Mass is boring, or I don't get anything out of the Mass, or all the stuff that we hear. And I, for years, I've sort of blamed myself, uh, which you know might be part of the blame, but um, really it comes down to, is this a dynamic, challenging relationship you have with Jesus, your Lord? If that's the case, the Mass is going to be anything but boring. It's going to be full of just these moments of of sparking new thoughts and new insights and new challenges, maybe new fears, but it's going to be a dynamic encounter with someone. And that, yeah. I think, is what's missing with all the questions about the Eucharist and who can receive and all of that. Your book, I think, is a huge answer because it's about Jesus. And that's what the church is about. And sometimes it's almost like, no the church is this organization that you do this this and this but oh yeah jesus is mentioned yeah. but it's like we got to flip that around too it's all about jesus that's how the church started
2: mm-hmm. amen and i'm so glad you connected it to the mass because this really is what it means a teacher of strange things well i mean the sixth chapter of john's gospel is the strangest religious teaching in the world. There's the, Like, you'll never hear Buddha or Moses or Muhammad or anybody say anything weirder than Jesus says in the sixth chapter of John's gospel. And you know who gets it? You know who understands that? Atheists. They get it. You tell them, Jesus said, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you will not have life in you. And then we actually believe that this what we do at Mass is eating his actual flesh and drinking his actual blood. And atheists will go, you are insane. That's insane. (laughs) And so that we have to get in touch with what that. There's a reason that Jesus took us to this place that's so hard to accept. There's a really powerful reason for it. Why is why does it have to be so strange? Why can't it just be a nice, you know, uh, practice religion like Buddhism or something? But or a memorial, as, as many people say, just a simple memorial, not a sacrifice. Yes, well, right? it's not those things. It's it's Jesus present to us. And that's the strangest thing in the world. But as you said, Bishop, you want a personal relationship with him? Touch him, eat him, drink him, <laughs> yeah. touch him in the sacrament of baptism. Now you're that that's a very strange reality. But it's it's the I, it's just the most liberating, beautiful reality because he really did do it. He really founded a church to give you the sacraments so that you could physically have contact
1: with them. Yep, absolutely.
0: It's like we live, you know, we living in the Bible belt as a Catholic is is very frustrating for me because I lived in New York and there, you know, mostly people just don't even say the word God. But down here, everybody right. loves Jesus. Everybody loves Jesus, but they are so anti-Catholic and you just want to go out on the street. I mean, you did go on the street and hold Jesus up during the pandemic. But you just want to go out on the street and say if you love Jesus so much, then come into the mass where he actually is. Like stop going to some other building and 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 talking about him, come to the mass where he actually is. And I think we just have to start saying that to people. But there's yeah. a very strange perception of Catholicism here in the Bible Belt.
2: And the- well, I I'm sorry, Bishop. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say. First of all, I, I I want to be on the bandwagon of many people who have praised Bishop Strickland for taking Jesus out in the street during yes. the pandemic. Thank you for doing. that, It was that, beautiful. Bishop. Uh, it, yeah, it, and it is beautiful. And uh, that other thing, I I don't. You, you almost know how to communicate Jesus to the New Yorker who won't talk to you about God, but the person who already knows Jesus but won't come to Mass. Yes. It's so hard and so heartbreaking.
1: Yeah. yeah. And it. Uh, what I was going to say, it. We're just here, thankfully. More and more, the the COVID nineteen pandemic is becoming something of the past. It's more and more where you're seeing fewer and fewer masks, less social distancing. Some of it's still there. All the vaccine issues. Doctor Stacy and I, the V word. We're we don't want to it. use the V word anymore. <laughs> we're over <but> it. <laughs> I think we need to, as people of faith, people who do have a relationship with Jesus Christ, we need to keep um, mining this COVID-19 experience for deeper faith, yes. for ways that it has, it should have awakened us to what we have, to who we have. And one of the things as we're talking about the Mass, um, it. It really should and does remind us how incarnational our faith is. We are incarnate, which goes down to we are carne. We are flesh. And he was flesh. He is flesh. That flesh to flesh, you know, pressing the flesh, we say, that is essential to us as Catholics. Right. We can't. We, you can't know Jesus virtually. Mm-hmm. I guess the what comes to mind nope. for me is Don't if you just Jesus. read about him in books, yeah. that's a virtual experience exactly. of Jesus Christ. You've got to come to know him. You've got to be fed by his flesh. You've got to encounter his flesh. You've got to to have that flesh-to-flesh encounter that the Mass is if we understand it. And that is why, you know, the virtual masses, the live stream, we still live stream the noon mass because many people can't physically be here. But we've got to keep helping people understand that this is not, a, it's not even a poor substitute. It's not a substitute at all. The, a mass that is live streamed really can be at most a reminder mm-hmm. of what we're missing. Yes. And we need yep. to get back to that building where the Lord is physically as soon as we can. Yep. I think we need to really uh, grasp that as one of the, the good things about COVID-19 as we were pushed away from the physical yeah. presence of Christ mm-hmm. for a while. We need to recognize how essential that encounter with Jesus really is and help our very yep. Christian A lot of times better people than I am, the the non-Catholic Christians in our area, they're very faithful and they're very committed, but they're missing something that is essential. They're missing someone in that physical encounter Mm -hmm. where it's not just a symbol, it's not just an idea, it's flesh and blood. Um, One of the the great um, mystics that I read about recently um, talked about, The Lord knows that it would terrify us if if the Lord had said, this is my body, this is my blood, and the bread and wine started to ooze and drip. Ah, (laughs) Talk about people running away. Everybody probably would have left the building. Mm -hmm. And this saint is talking about, I forget the name, but he, he talks about the reality that it's veiled, Yep. As St. Thomas Aquinas says in his Summa, but it's veiled under bread and wine. But it really is that oozing, messy flesh yes. that is feeding us. Yep. That's what we have to be in touch with.
0: Yes. Amen. I, I Amen. think, just real quick, because I think we need to do this. Cy, you need to come down here and put on a cowboy hat. And we need to go into the cowboy churches because they are (laughs) packed on sundays cowboy churches they have rodeo arenas next we need to walk in there and say stop having a zoom call with jesus
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. stop
0: having (laughs) a zoom call the pandemic is over you need to all you cowboys need to get into cowboys and cowgirls get into the mass and we'll just hand out your book so how about we do that all right sure
1: (laughs) we'll book son kellett for his cowboy (laughs) review (laughs)
2: I'm going to have to get a cowboy hat. I only have one of those Australian uh, Outback hats. I don't have a cowboy hat. They'll say, "Uh uh-oh, somebody sat on his hat. (laughs) Yeah. But isn't that the truth? I mean, we're we're brothers and sisters in the faith, and I know you know this, Bishop, and I, I don't think that every Catholic bishop thinks about this, that he's the bishop of a very large community. Well, uh, I think about it. Uh, much, I know you do. Much larger than just those who yeah. are professing to be Catholic.
1: Because, for me, it's uh, 1.5 million people right here in the Piney yeah. Woods.
2: Oh, isn't that magnificent? And, but how many of them know to come to Mass? And And it's a terrible thing that has happened. You know, this sundering of the church for the last mm-hmm. 500 years. It really is a terrible thing. And part of the, I think part of the call to bring people back is to don't shortchange Jesus. Don't, yeah. uh, we, we've, you know, like we, the, the sacramental Jesus is the real Jesus. And he teaches us that very meticulously in the Gospels. He teaches us a sacramental life and, he, and, and a life that's ecclesial, that's part of a church with a structure and all of that. And sometimes that's a level of strangeness we don't want to go to. We just want me and my Bible and uh, me and my Lord. And you and your Lord is great. And don't let go of him. But he's inviting you into something much deeper than that, much more full and wholesome and physical, as the bishop was saying, incarnate, fleshy. He wants to satisfy all of you, even your hunger.
1: Yeah. Yep. So I, I think we're getting fairly close yes. to the end of our time. And we're wanting to promote this book, Jesus, a Teacher of Strange Things. As the author, why should someone read this book? Well,
2: first of all, uh, I mean, uh, they should buy it. I'm not. They don't have to read it, but they should buy it. (laughs) uh, (laughs) Of course. uh, You know, Bishop, for me, the the I envisioned. I wanted to have this book, and, and really this is part of why we made it at Catholic Answers, because people are, are going to come to a moment where, and it's a lot of times it's our own adult children or our teen children, and sometimes now it's even younger children, of questioning Jesus and maybe letting go. And we want to have something we can put in their hands and go, mm-hmm. listen, I know all this other stuff, you know, the, the, what you've seen on the Internet and all that, it's challenged your faith. But here's the person that I'm connected with, I want to talk to you about him. So read this book. In my own house, my children for years brought in, you know, friends when they were teenagers and whatnot. And you'd meet these young people who they don't have any religion at home. They've never been inside of a church. They don't know God. They look on the wall in our house. They see that crucifix and they know something's different and they might even ask you about it. I wanted to have something that I could say, here, read this. This is what it's about. Because it is, as you said, Bishop, it's Jesus or nothing. If, if Jesus is not at the center of what we're doing, nothing. none of what we do has value. It doesn't have eternal value unless it's connected to Jesus. So I would say, read the book so that you can have these conversations with people who are unbelievers. They may be your own adult children. And read the book so that you can know what you're given to somebody. Give it away. Put it in the hands of somebody. Because we've got to introduce people to the real Lord. They, they don't know... That he is their real lord they only know him as a punchline of a joke on some tv show they watched mm-hmm. they literally don't know more about him than they learn from pop culture and pop culture does not mm-hmm. love jesus
1: absolutely right
0: well thank you so much for being here um we are gonna wrap up and move out but we will um, put a link to the place to get the book and and we look forward to seeing you on catholic answers live very soon
2: I'm so glad I got to talk with both of you this morning. Thank That's you.
0: pretty
1: cool. Thanks. Have a great day. Can and I'll close with yeah. a blessing. Almighty God, we ask your blessing for all of us who are participating and viewing this podcast. That Cy and his family may be blessed, along with all here in the St. Philip Institute. And all the people that are touched by our conversation. May we all seek our Lord Jesus Christ in deeper ways. And we ask this in the name of the Father